And um, so this week was just amazing. It was filled with all the fun things, all the new things. So we, our kids got new toys. They got new clothes and other fun things. This was, this was our first year really interacting with our one-year-old uh, and, and her presence. We actually have a picture of sweet Collins Marie. Look at her. Would you just look at her in her kitchen? Look at the little chef's hat that you can't see it, but on the apron, it says her name on the apron, okay? That's, that is her kitchen. I think we're gonna get like a Collins Corner or a Collins Kitchen. She just, every present she lit up, and it was so fun to see her get all of these new things, none of which she needed. But we, we do, we, we give our kids all these new things, and, and then we as adults, we got new things. We got new clothes, we got new toys, and other fun things, and we just love new. We love new. But this isn't, this isn't just a, a human condition thing, the new. Like, because do you guys like new? We love new, right? Like, we, we love the new, especially if you've gone from a phone that's like, you've dropped it so many times that it's cutting your finger when you take it out of your pocket because the glass is shattered. You got to, like, shove in the charger at a 46-degree angle and hold it above your head just to get a little bit of charge, right? You go from that to a brand new iPhone 15 titanium. It's really not that much different than an iPhone 14, but it's titanium and it's new. Like that, it's amazing. We love new. Maybe you've driven a car for a really long time. The front of the bumper is hanging off a little bit, held together by duct tape. You might have to use a screwdriver to turn on the ignition, you know? You go from that to a brand new 2023 Cybertruck. Yeah. Have, you, have you heard? There's some, there's some Tesla Cybertruck sightings in Kansas City. It's amazing. That new car smell. We love new. My personal favorite would be this. You go from those old, crusty socks, and when you take them off, they stand up on their own. You know? They've got holes in them. You go from those to brand new, plush, soft, out of the package socks that you get in your socks. Anybody get some new socks for Christmas? That's my personal favorite. I love slipping on some new socks, but no matter what it is, we love new. And this, this isn't just a, a human thing. It's not just the human condition. This, this idea of new, it actually came from God. It's God's idea. God loves new, and God is always doing something new. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, thus say it with me, new creation has come. The old is gone and the, say it with me, new is here. Okay, look at this in Lamentations 3. This is a little plug for the one-year Bible. There's actually some good things in Lamentations sometimes, okay? I'm gonna show you. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are, say it with me, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jesus even is encouraging his disciples when he's teaching them how to pray. He said that we can actually pray for daily bread. Look at this in Matthew 6. He, he said that we should ask for, give us our daily bread. There is there's something new that God wants to give each and every one of us every single day. 
God loves new. And, and I just want to encourage you with this. As, as we step into a new year, we're literally hours away from a new year. It's appropriate and it's timely for us to, to pause and to ask ourselves the question, what does God want to do in my life this year in 2024 that's new? Because I promise you this, God has something new in store for you. God, literally, every single person in here, everybody watching online, God has something that he wants to do in your life, and it's fresh, it's new, and he has it just for you. That was rhyme, unintentional, bars, I'm a poet, and I did know it, okay? There is, there is clear direction from scripture what to do with new, and it's, it's in Isaiah 43. So if you have your paper copies of God's word, you can pull it out and turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can go there or the Summit Park Church app as well. And uh, if you're taking notes today, you want to get that hot tub in heaven, take notes in church, you can write down the title of the message today, which is what to do with new. What to do with new. We're in Isaiah 43. We're going to be in verses 16 through 19. We'll, we'll spend the better part of our time in verses 18 and 19. But it starts with this. This is like the ultimate setup statement. This is like one of the best setup statements ever. Verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out, like a wick. It's like a movie trailer, right? Like, it's like, this is the ultimate setup statement. This is, this is God speaking through Isaiah. And he's saying, hey, this is God talking. You remember me? The guy who literally parted water? Do you remember that? One of the most amazing miracles in the Old Testament. Do you remember how I did that? Now, here's what I want you to do with that information. Verse 18, forget it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19. See, I am doing a, say it with me, new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So what he's saying is, do you remember the amazing things that I've done for you? Do you, do you remember the, the amazing ways that I've provided for you in the past? I literally parted the seas and created dry ground there. Well, now what I'm about to do is I'm about to bring water in the wasteland. I'm gonna do something new in your life. And we're gonna take an in-depth look at, at the things that we can learn and the things that we can know as we're entering into a new season. This is something that it's, it's certainly appropriate and, and timely as, as we walk into the new year it's, it's applicable to every single person in the room before a new year, but really before you start any new season, these are great truths that we can know from scripture. One is God is helping us see the new things. Two, God is leading us through the new things. And three, God is always looking to bless us with the new things. So we're gonna, we're gonna take an in-depth look at, at this passage and, and then what we're going to do is we're going to take those truths and then apply it to our lives. I believe it will help us 
be more like Jesus and less like this world. If you're ready to hop in, turn to a neighbor and say, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Maybe, maybe shrink the waistline. Maybe grow the hairline. Okay, who, who knows what it's going to be? <clears throat> All right, the first thing. God is helping us see the new things. Look at this in verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Seeing what God is doing in our lives is really important to us. In fact, we we actually can't be a part of what he's doing to the fullest effect unless we see what he's doing. This is why we we reference this all the time, but in Proverbs 29, the NIV uh, puts it this way, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. We'll talk about this in, uh, in, here in a, a month or so with Vision Sunday, but the message paraphrase puts it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, everybody say reveals, they are most blessed. The, the question isn't, is God doing something new in my life? The question really is, what is God doing? In my life, no matter what age you are, no matter what season of life you're in, what you are about to step into is a new season that God has for you. So it's not if God's doing something new in your life, it's what is it? And and the great thing about it is God wants to reveal the new thing for us. He actually wants us to see it. He wants us to align our hearts with him to be able to see what he's doing. And that, happening, that happens when we are doing a few things. One, when we're renewing our minds. So when we're, when we're taking time to pause every single day to renew our minds in Christ, what happens is scripture tells us that when we renew our minds daily that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That cuts to the heart when we're renewing our mind. And it says, when you do that, if, if you'll re- renew your mind daily, then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. And his will is, it's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. And, and so you'll be able to see what God is doing if you'll renew your mind in him. Because the reality is the current of life is always taking us this way. The current of world of the world and culture And the society we live in, it's always moving away from God's will. So when we renew our mind, what we do is we actually turn away from the fleshly desires. We turn away from the world, and we actually are able to take steps closer to Jesus. It all happens when we we pause and we take time to renew our mind. See, perceiving what God is doing, it involves a mindset shift. It, it, inv- it involves, again, aligning our hearts with God's. When we'll do that, then you'll be able to see what he's doing. So we, we gotta renew our minds, and it happens. God, God reveals his plan when we'll renew our minds. Also, when we're actively seeking growth. So when we have this active pursuit of what God's doing in our lives, when we have this active pursuit to get closer to him, not just to be better for better's sake, not just to check all the boxes or to follow all the rules, but 
to actually get closer to him. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, he's using this language, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, you don't have to be perfect. We, we say this a lot here, that it, it's the, a relationship with God isn't about perfection, it's about the direction of your life. Like, so what's your next step? Oh, man, you don't know, this last week of Christmas, I took like eight steps back. It was a pretty bad week, okay? That's okay. What's your next step? That's what the relationship with God is all about. Where, where is the direction of your life pointing, and are you actively pursuing growth? See, the reality is, as, as human beings, we are going to miss it. We're, we are going to mess up. Some weeks are going to be worse than others. But it's that daily renewing of your mind that transforms your heart and that leads your life. You're actively pursuing growth. You're pressing on towards this Goal. So what, where's the trajectory of your life pointing? What's your next step? That's what we should be focused on. We, we don't have to be focused on our past. He's saying forget that. You don't have to be thinking about 10 years down the line. Just what's today look like? Am I getting closer to Jesus today? That results in growth. And, and here's the reality. We can't grow unless we're stretched. So like, we, we, gotta, we gotta be stretched a little bit to grow. This, this actually happens with, with muscles, okay? Are there, any, are there any gym rats in the place today, okay? Anybody likes to work out? Are you holding your gallon of water, okay? We can, we can verify. But this, this happens with, with muscle growth, okay? The American Journal of Physiology says that when we work out, what our muscles experience are little micro tears or micro traumas. Right? That sounds pretty intense, right? What's literally happening is the fibers of the muscles are being broken. They're being torn apart. And then the body starts this inflammatory process to repair the torn up tissue. New proteins are created, and it actually replaces the damaged muscle fibers, and your, your muscles grow. In layman's terms, your muscles have to go through some stuff to grow, Okay. This year, 2024, we're all going to have to go through some stuff to grow. That's how it works. God, God has aligned our path, and he is revealing to us what he wants us to do. And, and as he reveals it, it's, this is why James, the brother of Jesus, says, consider it joy when you go through trials. Why? Because trials are so fun? No. Who, who in here, you're like, 2024, 20, I want more trials, okay? Just make it really hard for me, God. Make me prove to them that I'm the warrior, okay? I want a Job type of a year. Like, give me that year. No, nobody's, nobody's asking for that. We, we all want the easy year. We're like, Lord, can you just, you know, drop that check in the mail for about 30K? That'd be helpful. That would be really nice. Or, God, could I just... I don't know. Could I just lose about 40 on the Krispy Kreme diet? That would be very helpful. <laughs> Maybe that'll work. 
we want, we want easy. We, we, want, we want the path of least resistance. That's the human condition in us. But in order to grow, and therefore, in order to see what God is doing, we're actually gonna have to go through some stuff. But the, the great thing is, the second thing we learned from this passage is that God is leading us through the new things. So he, he's not only wanting to reveal the new things to us, but once we're there, he's leading us through it. He's, he's arm in arm with us. He's never gonna leave us. He tells us he's never gonna forsake us, but he's actually walking with us and he's leading us through the new things that, we, that we're going to go through. And that's not gonna be easy, but God's gonna be there. And what, what we understand is, look at this, in 19, the second part of verse 19, he says, I am making a way in the wilderness. <clears throat> he says, I am. That's similar verbiage of, of what he told Moses. When Moses was like, who should I tell these Egyptians? Who should I tell them sent me to go deliver the Israelites? God said, tell them I am sent you. He's using, he said, I am making away. You know what that means? We can't make it happen. No matter how driven we are, no matter how talented we are, no matter how resilient we are, strong we are, we can't make it happen. It doesn't happen based off of our ability. It happens based on our availability to what God is doing. What it says there is, I'm making a way in the wilderness. This is like one of the first Hebrew words that I ever learned. <clears throat> it's this word, Derek. Do we have any Derek's in the room? Anybody watching on that? Wow, look at that. Look at that. We got some Derek's. This is for you. He said, I'm, I'm making a way. This, this word, Derek, is a road or, or a path. Figuratively, it's, it's a course of life or, or a mode of action. So he's saying, I want to reveal to you what I have for you, but then I'm gonna go make a way for you. Notice what he didn't say is, I'm gonna go just prepare the present for you, okay? And then I'm just gonna hand deliver it to you and it's gonna be really easy. It's gonna be really quick. What he said is, while I reveal my will for you, I'm gonna go prepare. I'm making a journey for you. So, so it's not about the end result, although it always ends in a blessing with God. It's about the journey that God has us to take, which is why the new thing that he has for us is going to require some preparation. It's gonna require going through some stuff, and it's gonna require walking through the wilderness. God is gonna lead you. Notice I didn't say Apple Fitness is gonna lead you. I didn't say a gym membership is going to lead you. I didn't say 75 hard is going to lead you. I, I didn't even say manifesting it for yourself is going gonna, is gonna to lead you. God is the one who leads us into the wilderness. You see this all throughout the Bible. The Israelites were in the wilderness uh, in Exodus after, they, after God parted the Red Sea. What did they do? They went and spent 40 years in the wilderness before they entered into the promised land. Jesus did it. Right after Jesus got baptized, he went immediately into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. 
And then he was tempted by the enemy. And that, that was a place of preparation for his ministry. When Saul got converted to Paul, remember at the road to Damascus, he went and spent time in Arabia. All of these examples were, were moments in time and seasons of preparation for them to step into ultimately what God had for them. You see, you see the pattern here. God has something for you today that he wants you to walk into. And that season is gonna prepare you for the next season. And once you get to that season, God has something new for you that he wants you to walk in. And that's gonna prepare you for the next season. And all of a sudden, 25 years down the line, you're gonna be able to look back and be like, look at the stuff that I'm going through. This is insane. I'm tired. God, can I have an easy year? But you look back and you see every season that you've walked through in the wilderness has been God preparing you. Every, every wilderness that you've walked through and you've relied on God and he's come through again, it's allowed you to really take on anything and everything that the enemy has to throw at us because God is going to provide and he's leading us in the wilderness. He's there every step of the way. So while you're, while you're in the wilderness, <clears throat> you might be in a wilderness season today. I want to encourage you that while you're walking through the wilderness, God's there arm in arm with you, and he's telling you in your ear, you see that wall? There's no wall that I can't break down. You see those chains? There's no chains I can't break. You see that wilderness? There's no wilderness I can't make a way in because I'm going to lead you. I'm here, and I'm never going to leave. I want to reveal to you what I have for you, but I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to lead you through the wilderness. This isn't just a reminder for us that, that God's always with us and that he's always going to provide, but it's a reminder. It's a reminder to us that where God ultimately has us to go, who he ultimately has us to be, it's done through the wilderness. But he's leading us, and, and he's making a way for us, and this, this leads us to the third thing that we can learn from this passage, and that is this. It's so encouraging. This is where it always ends up. God is looking to bless us with the new things. So not only does he want to reveal the new things to us, not only is he leading us through the wilderness as he's giving us the new thing, but it always ends in a blessing. God is always looking to bless you. He's always looking to answer, to be the answer, and to answer your issues with a blessing and with provision. The third part of verse 19, he mentions that he's going to bring streams in a wasteland. So the Israelites would have known how important streams are in the wasteland. They, they would have understood this, this imagery because we're, there, there's a waterway. And when, when there's a waterway, that's where life happens. That's where, that's where vegetation happens. That's where provision happens. And they would have known about the Jordan River. It's a waterway through what otherwise would have been a wasteland and, and would have been desert-like locations. And, and, and it all starts at the very top of Mount Hermon, okay? And, and so you see at Mount Hermon, 9,200 square feet. In different seasons, this is snow-capped, filled, like filled with snow on top of the mountain. What happens is the snow will melt. And when that snow melts, it seeps into the ground, and it actually provides 
these springs called the, the Hermon Springs or the Teldan Springs. And you see it happens right there at the Mount Hermon. You have the Hermon Springs at the base. And you see this, this blue line highlighted on the screen. That's the Jordan River. So what ends up happening to these snow-capped mountains is the snow melts, the water goes into the ground, and then springs, actually, they spring up, right? That's what springs do. Noun and a verb. It's amazing. And what they do is they actually continue to go and they form the Dan River. We'll go to the next slide. And that Dan River, it joins up with the Hasbani River and the Benias River to form the Jordan River. What happens is, you see the Jordan River, it flows into, flows through a valley, and then it flows into the Sea of Galilee, and then there's this massive expanse of, of, of land that would have otherwise been wasteland all the way down to the Dead Sea. So the imagery that the prophet Isaiah is using, they would have understand, they would have understood that in, in their wasteland, where there's water, there's life. Where, where, where there's water, where there's streams in the wasteland, there's provision. You see, everywhere else, lifeless. Everywhere else is dry. Everywhere else, there's no provision. But wherever the water goes, comes vegetation, comes life, comes blessing, comes provision. And so he's saying, hey, I want to reveal to you what I'm doing I'm going to lead you through the wilderness, but you have to understand that it always ends in a blessing. Wherever I go, blessing follows. And you can trust me because where I'm leading you, I'm going to provide. And wherever I'm going, you can know that you can walk right with me because I have the best things for you. You notice that that, that stream wasn't perfectly straight, right? It wasn't the path of least resistance, Sometimes it's sometimes really curvy. Sometimes you feel like it's going backwards. But as, as God is with you, you're, you're experiencing provision. When God is with you, you're experiencing life. When God is with you, you're experiencing the blessing. God's always looking to bless you in the new thing that he has for you. The reality is this, this is going to require faith. This is, this is the faith step to this. It's going to require faith to experience the new things God has for us. And just like this, this whole last week, or for some of you, you've been celebrating Christmas for two months, okay? But <coughs> we celebrated the birth of Jesus, and we do every single year. What God is saying is, yeah, celebrate the birth because that meant hope. But he's reminding us that we don't have to just celebrate him being brought to us once a year. But he's saying, I want to reveal myself to you every single day of every single year. And as I do, I'm going to reveal to you what I have for you. And guess what? It's not for you. It's for the kingdom of God. Because what I'm doing in you is going to affect thousands of people. And those thousand people are going to push the kingdom forward. And I'm going to do what only I can do. God has something new for you. He has something new for me. He has something new for us. So as we're stepping into it, 
We can step into it with faith. Knowing, hey, it's gonna require going through some stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm not only stepping into 2024, but I'm running. I'm sprinting to all that God has for me. Because I know that if he has it for me, he's already gone before me. And if he reveals it to me, he's gonna go with me. And I know that it's always gonna end in a blessing because that's who God is and that's what he does. He wants to bless us. And this requires a faith step. You know, we, we, we just gave a bunch of Christmas presents away. And, and some of us in here, like, we really value giving good gifts. Anybody like giving good gifts in here? My wife and I, we love giving good gifts. James says that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. So experiencing this life, it doesn't look like striving. It doesn't look like us making it happen. You know what it looks like? It looks like receiving a gift. God has it there, wrapped up, ready for you to open for 2024. He wants to reveal it to you and he wants to give it to you. But it doesn't look like you taking it and making your life happen. But what it looks like is accepting it and then having faith to believe that this is a gift from the Lord and that he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's protecting me. Matthew seven eleven. if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. If, if, if we who are human, sinful, carnal, if we know how to give good gifts, then we can walk into 2024 head first, full on, sprinting towards the things that he has for us. We don't have to be afraid of the things that we might walk through. We, we don't have to, we don't have to, to doubt or fear the disappointments that are gonna happen, the difficult situations that we're gonna come up against. But we can be encouraged to know that it's a gift that God's giving us. And so we can, we can be anticipating all that God has for us in 2024. Let's pray. God.